Give us any chance, we'll take it. Read us any rule, we'll break it. We're gonna make our dreams come true. Welcome to Nat Genetic Podcast, about eight seasons in a row. I'm Mr. Fernandes, and I'm Krista Wardna. Hello. We're about to review Candy is Dandy, which is from season six of Laverne Shirley. It was directed by John Tracy, and it was written by Joanne Pagliaro. And I bet you Chris has some facts about them coming up. Yeah, darn too, and I do. Yeehaw. Here's what the episode's about. The girls' search for new jobs hit a brick wall when they auditioned to be stewardesses and singing telegrams, then finally strike pay dirt when they both find work behind the gift wrapping counter at Barbell's department store. But while wrapping boxes of chocolate for the candy department, Laverne digs into some candies filled with 100-proof rum. Now a drunken Laverne has to keep on her feet to help of a distressed Shirley. Will the girls manage to impress their new boss, Mr. Hildebrand, and keep their jobs? Meanwhile, Carmine lends a job by snapping the girls' singing telegram audition, and the boys try to make their own fun by adding the girls to their casting roster for a brand new movie they're trying to make. What do you think about this one? Uh, well, it's a case of, uh, giving me a lot of flashbacks to certain times in my life, um, in multiple ways, but, uh, this was, uh, this was very cute. I was actually kind of surprised. I think after having seen, um, the cruise part one so many times, I was expecting something more of that uncle Tom, uh, uncle Tom's, uh, uh, children's shoe store thing. Mm -hmm. And even though it does, you know, obviously hijinks do ensue. I felt that it was kind of a relief that Bardwell or Mr. Hildebrand was a uh, was kind of a more likable character. But yeah, yeah, this was a this was good. This this again, as we've been going through season six, this is beginning to feel like the new the new normal's finally balancing out. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, this is just an okay episode, in my little opinion. It's not the best thing that season six will produce. It's not the worst thing season six will produce. It's an okay episode. This is the last episode of the big giant set that we just got, which will establish the new premise, our new characters, the girls' new jobs, our new pizza bowl-like location in Cowboy Bills, the fact that they're in California, the move itself. So we're done, and nothing major is going to happen until we lose Sunny and never really address it. In the future. Hmm. It's like about five or so episodes. He just poofs into the ether. Interesting. Yeah. But I like this one. I'm glad you like this one. Um, uh, Notice one thing. One thing about this episode. They still haven't settled on the opening credits yet. Yeah. Those are those are messy edits and they're using pick like the the certain shots are kind of ordered in sometimes weird ways. They it's mm-hmm. like they're it's like every episode by episode, they keep sort of chiseling more and more. And we notice this over the, the succeeding episodes as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think it locks down after Sonny is disposed of, so to speak. Oh, wow. So uh, the mafia we- plot finally comes in. Good to hear. <laughs> No, 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 no mafia. No. We already had our mafia episode. We had our mafia episode. We, Darn. We went to multiple mafia episodes that didn't really kill anybody off. But, uh, yeah. Uh, it takes a while for these credits to sink into cement, and then season eight happens, and we have to redo them. Right. So, right. That's going to happen, and we can look forward to that one. Um. Did you like either of the girls' possible occupations here? There are other occupations. Stewardesses, singing telegrams. 
So seeing a telegram, I could see getting old and annoying really fast unless they yeah. really tried to make that the twist was going to be that something happens to Laverne and her singing gets really good. Or yeah. it turns out Shirley has been held back by for some reason or another and actually has a good singing voice because it, it's like yeah. the, the only thing is because it, it's like they already established that they're bad. You know, they sing poorly and therefore yeah. um, that's going to be the only joke it's going to have for the rest of the would have for the rest of the show. Um, yeah. the stewardesses or the flight attendants would be interest. It would be interesting, but it comes back to is Laverne still afraid of flying and, yeah. um, would they be able to get some interesting ideas, especially about the whole, you know, swing in sixties, um, air travel sort of thing where they're able to, cause it is interesting yeah. thing. If they're working out of LAX, they would yeah. then be able to have more of those celebrity guests. So like, you know, someone's yeah. coming back from Italy shooting a yeah. Western or uh, someone's yeah. coming back from, um, you know, coming from these other countries where they've been shooting on yeah. location and et cetera. Yeah, so, Hawaii. All kinds ex of exactly. Yeah. And yeah. it actually would have opened the show up more than them actually moving to California. Right. Which is an interesting thing. But yeah, this is what ends up happening. I could actually picture them doing that, and then uh, maybe Laverne gets her pilot's license. You know, if they could have done all kinds of things, she's already flown a plane and landed it, mm -hmm. so she can do this stuff. So we could have gone there. We don't go there, which is a disappointing thing. Uh, I'm reminded of two different things: um, the fact that in um, More Than Friends, Penny's character ends up playing a stewardess. That's right. That's, That's right. That's right. That's what I immediately think of whenever I watch this episode. I think, too, there actually was a sitcom in the 70s centered around stewardesses. Hmm. It was called Flying Blind. It lasted for, like, six episodes. It, and there's actually a commercial for it in the Star Wars Holiday special tape that's floating around in circulation in bootlegs. Hmm. Uh, and in Rift so uh, yeah, yeah, Flying High. Yeah. Flying High, Flying High, Flying High. You are correct. Flying High is not Flying. Flying Blind is a whole different um, sitcom with Sally Oney. Yeah, Flying that's high. right. Yeah, Flying I was wondering. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, Flying they got you're correct. They got Peter Hunt to direct episodes for yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. A lot of talent was wasted on that show. Rift Tracks fans will remember this one joke about that sitcom, Flying High. We don't even have a Wikipedia entry. <laughs> well, they do now. Then, now, of course, they do have a Wikipedia entry, though. They do have one now. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, actually pretty thorough. But yeah. Flying High existed around this time period and was on CBS. So yeah. that was a concept they could have tried to compete with and probably would have won. But yes. Hmm. So what do you think of Carmine sniping the girls singing telegram job here? It's um it's cute, but it's also yeah, I, I mean it was kind I felt it was kind of cute. Um yeah. although uh him him mentioning the golden throat made me feel that it, it's the kind that's gonna get punched by Lo Mang or Alexander Fushang in a Shaw Brothers movie. <laughs> um God. But uh, I, I, I think you I don't know how much you and I have talked about this on the podcast, which is that Carmine doesn't feel like he's going to get used very well in the California years, given that this is a guy oh. that it was show business. I mean, we already talked about how like they basically abandoned the dance studio like we yeah. if they had even just said like the dance studio in the in the road, the, the not quite New York episode, if they had just yeah. said that he had lost the dance studio for some reason or sold it yeah. um yeah. to pay off you know some debts yeah. that would yeah. that would have worked but like here, here it's like it just 
it's almost it's a strange way of making the girls look like they're working class but upper scale and Carmine look like he's essentially a scrappy hustler just you know a scroungy for scraps yeah actually Carmine this they do address this later on Carmine wanting to get in the movies and wanting to do things and Laverne points out that he's aiming for low-hanging fruit mm. this does come up he does do more show business stuff uh, later on in the show. This actually does get a shine and some focus later on in the series. So you got to hold on for that. That's going to happen. I think that ultimately they didn't know how to utilize Eddie because they always wanted something bigger for Eddie, either to spin him off or to put him in another show where he'd have a bigger role. And they never seemed to quite know what they were doing with Carmine until we hit around um, season seven and they desperately need him. Because Cindy and Penny are fighting, and then uh, Cindy ends up uh, suing Gary and the network. So, Oy. and then they desperately need him. But I still don't forgive them for not doing more with the dance studio premise. They really could have knocked it out of the park, had them do more stuff like the Alice in Wonderland dress up that happens in shows Operation, uh, kind of replace the um, stuff with the. Um, that we used to do at the brew at the talent show every season mm-hmm. with a uh, big Carmine puts on a show thing, uh, had uh, work conflicts with Carmine and Shirley, all kinds of stuff. And they never explored it. He just gets his dance studio. It's his, and he never does anything with it. Mm-hmm. And in fact, he gets into deeper debt in like, season five. Exactly. Right. Yeah. It's so weird. It's, it's very weird. Yeah. Which it just, it feels it feels as if you know it's a it's they didn't understand either they didn't understand or somebody was was telling them I don't know like there was some force that was uncomfortable with uh, the direction it could have gone which is I think the the thing about you know it's the one thing in this episode that does stick out if I really like look at the component elements you know piece by piece that um, kind of doesn't work for me as much because because even seeing Telegram that's like a starter job but it's like it, it's a you know, him trying to find a job. And I, I do like the fact that it's accidental. That's very cute. But then when you get to Bardwell's, that feels more explored. That feels more yeah. unrestrained. And you realize how they've gotten to a point where certain characters in the show are not allowed to kind of move forward to a certain extent because it's like, well, that's not what the episode's about. Oh, that's going to overload that. Oh, it's going to go, you know, there's there's always these kind of second guessings and, you know, you and I, speaking as writers ourselves, we've experienced that where we've, like, held off on an idea and then, you know, a few years later realized, ah, crap, I should have done that. See, no, I always take those ideas and I think, well, I should have done that. I just twist them a little. I give them a little twist and then I rewrite it and I try again. There's always a way to salvage an idea because, as they say, everything in entertainment has already been done. You just need to add your special twist to it. Well, uh, certainly that that's not necessarily what I mean. What I mean is the ah. re- the restriction one puts on themselves because there's the quote unquote greater plan that someone has that they're trying to do. Ah. And so ah, we don't take that. plot element X from script two because we want script two to be done a certain way. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Because it feels I guess because that's what I get out of the Carmine stuff is that he is. You know, and it's weird we're we're going on about Carmine for this episode, given that he's he's featured briefly. But I think out of the batch we're about to record, I think this is like one of his only appearances. Um, Yeah. But he is so far in the California years. And because, you know, as as of this recording, we've gone through 
eight episodes, I think. Eight or yeah, it's yeah, it's eight episodes because uh, we're into the second disc of the DVDs. It feels like they have zero idea of what to do with Carmine here, or sorry, they're not using Carmine here well. And whatever ideas they do have are either not being implemented or they're quote unquote holding off on them for some reason, some arbitrary reason or another. So I'd be very curious to know, like, what what was the driving goal behind it? Because, as you've said, you know, Gary had pl- you know wanted Carmine to be another Fonzie. Other people, you know, people, producers and et cetera, wanted Eddie Mecca to be able to be a, a bigger actor and be a thing. And it's I'm just kind of curious what. What what caused that kind of uh, confluence of elements to collide, and thus and thus this we yeah. get you know a yeah. cute little telegram gag, and you know we have this called back to I think in another few episodes, I think in Born Too Late, I think it gets called back to, and um, yeah, hmm. yeah, I don't know, I don't know what why they didn't just like pull the trigger. They tried to with the spinoff, but they tried to give him at the end of the show, but. It just ends up going sideways instead. It's just uh, unfortunate, and Eddie was not happy that he didn't, um, you know, get his own time in the sun to get to do his own things because the show wouldn't let him do it because they wanted him to do it. So I see. Right. Yeah. It's like. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. It's it, it's yeah. it's not a it's not giving him the full range of movement to do yeah. to do his thing. It's like a survival horror game that only that has tank controls but only lets you move in four directions instead of eight. Yeah. Looking at you, Evil Dead, Hail to the King. <laughs> Listen, New Evil Dead game's good. Anyway, <laughs> apparently, I have uh, Yeah, it is. Yet. It is. It's good. Okay. Um. So, um, it's kind of overall yeah. initial thoughts. So we, uh, I want as we're going through initial thoughts, I really want to talk though about, uh, Bardwell's and. Yes. I this so. I love that they they don't you know a lot of times when you have an episode of people going to work at a department store they have the job that's like oh they're on the floor they're a sales like an ambassador salesperson on the floor for a company or yeah. something like that I love yeah. they put them in customer service and gift wrapping and it's the kind of place that probably is a well-oiled enough machine that not many people come down for customer service they really just come down for gift wrapping and yes. I I love that detail because that really feels bottom rung and it it works yeah. so well here. Yeah, yeah. This is really the last time the girls are ever going to have like monetary issues, to be honest. Hmm. Uh, it's the first time that this is the first time it's a, the second time it's addressed in California, but it becomes less and less of an issue for them to do things, and less and less of an issue for them to, uh, you know, make their dreams come true, so to speak, in California, which is you know weird because we're in California, it should be more expensive. But uh, I love how they. Set up this premise. This is very much a job that they could do after doing um, years of manual labor, twisting on bottle caps. Mm-hmm. You know, wrapping presents is just a step up from that. Though I think we did have a moment in Milwaukee where we found out Laverne can't wrap presents well <laughs> or neatly. Well, well, that being said, did we did we really get a fair look at how good she is at wrapping presents here, given how yeah. quickly things go off the rails? Yeah. Everything goes out the window really, really quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This, the whole idea is good. It's a good idea for them. It's a good second job for them. Uh, we get a little bit more Mr. Hildebrand uh, on and off as season six and season seven progress. In season eight, he shows up too, I do believe. Hmm. Um, 
in the end, uh, it's a good move for them. It, it works for them as well as boys becoming uh, cheesy agents and uh, amateur filmmakers mm-hmm. does. Both of these moves work very well for them. Nice. Yeah. Cool. yeah. So um, we absolutely have to address the fact that these creepy uh, guys are trying to get their girlfriends drunk. Yes. And they exist only to foreshadow the fact that there's rum in these chocolates and Lavera's going to get drunk. Mm-hmm. They didn't need to exist. Yeah. It's... I... I, I feel of mix of mixed opinion about 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 whether it you know it it does it does or does not need to exist because it's a yeah. I mean I will say my note about the uh, about what I call other jailbait which I think is a guy the character named Robbie is yeah. uh, I hope he rots that's my last note. <laughs> um, yeah, they're both creeps. They're both creeps. They're both creeps. Uh, but at the same time, I also kind of appreciate that there is a dark honesty because it's portrayed as like it's portrayed as bad behavior and you kind of realize that Shirley kind of dodged a bullet not getting involved with Mr. Little Jailbait Sean the tyke yeah god yeah we will actually deal with the girls robbing the cradle down in season seven oh Christ oh (laughs) this is what we talked about later on they date some college students that happens that's not you know awful but the college students yeah they're college students yeah they're 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 27 that's that's fine that's better that's better yeah they don't date high school students or anything disgusting nothing like that happens so don't worry about that i mean yeah we already we already had that in um um you know excuse me may i cut in so (laughs) it's awkward but well done yeah yeah exactly um it also i think worked in the sense that happy days had so many stories about the boy the the boys in that show trying to score with women that were older than them so yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Richie was desperate. Oh, yeah. Until he got Lori Beth. He was desperate while he had Lori Beth, until he marries Lori Beth. And this he... is justice for Lori Beth. Anyway. <laughs> um, I do also want to point out, because, you know, uh, uh, actor notes, because we'll be getting into that a little later. Yes. Um, the actor who played Robbie, the the second sleazeball, uh, sleaze has done nothing else. I have no idea who it is. Oh. It is a total mystery. I wonder if he's a marshal. He might be a uh, marshal child or a marshal relative. Yeah, Marshall. Well, yeah, with a uh, with a synonym. His name is he's credited as a John W. Shepard. Hmm. So I I did want to mention though the uh, also the actor played Sean. He was a bit of a walk on actor. Uh, aside from this yeah. and that, he got to be on like Days Days of Our Lives, One Day at a Time, Facts of Life, Two Forty oh. Robert. You know, not much to say. But I'm curious what his connection was because his last uh, featured performance in anything was an Exit to Eden. Okay, yeah, he has to be a Marshall friend or relative because yeah, if you're an Exit to Eden. Or if you're in uh, the Princess Diaries, or if you're in Pretty Woman and you look like you don't belong there, you're a friend of Marshall. (laughs) (laughs) Roger Ebert made an excellent point in his review of the Princess Diaries that Genovia is so filled with middle-aged men who look like they belong in a golf course because they're all Gary's friends. Oh, no. Oh, Oh, I love it. I love that. Next time you watch uh, Princess Diaries, the first one. Take a look in the background. You'll notice this. I mean, they're definitely his uh, writer and director and uh, comic club friends. He's just kind of put in the background. <laughs> That's so great. <laughs> Crowd scene. It's very Gary and it's very funny at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, so um, the other thing also in terms of like kind of uh, covering first opinion, uh, you know, sort of first impression notes, you know, just to kind of wrap that up. I thought it was 
I, I'm curious what you're thinking is that I liked that the girls were, you know, they're opposites, you know, uh, and, but I liked that in this situation, they're both trying, they're just both trying in different ways. And when yeah. the alcohol situation kicks in, we, we, the audience are actually a hundred percent rooting for, uh, Shirley in a way yeah. that I don't feel like we have in these types of circumstances in a long time. Yeah. Shirley is trying her hardest to adult here. Right. She's trying so hard to adult and hold the, hold the premise together, hold the situation together. And she manages not to. <laughs> and she manages to as simultaneously. Shirley is her, at her very best good student taking notes self in this episode. And Laverne, meanwhile, is kind of half-assing it a little bit, but not really. And then she gets drunk, poor thing. Exactly. Yeah. Which she... Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Poor thing can, becomes a candy wino. Yep. Candy wino. It's sad. It's very tragic. Yes. Um, what's interesting here is uh, that... By the way, my note in the Stockboy Pigs is, thank you, Plot Explicit Stockboy Pigs. <laughs> <laughs> um, yep. Well, there's one thing to note about Laverne's drunkenness here. She has a hollow leg, a canonically established, canonically established hollow leg. So seeing her get really, really drunk this quickly is kind of like amazing and stunning. They okay to to clarify, I guess, you know, not not yeah, to argue perhaps, but just but just a just yeah, an, another thought is Laverne has a full box of those things. Yeah, and they're hundred proof. Yeah. They're a hundred proof. Yeah, I mean, not even yeah. Tony from yeah. Downcast would make chocolates that strong. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's, yeah. So it's understandable. It is understandable in the end. Uh, I want to. I want to know that drunk Laverne is even gayer than usual. She's also very into Superman. Yes. <laughs> she's she's there to make out with Shirley and have fun. Yeah, that's gonna be great. Yeah, it it as let's as, go to Chad. Let's go to Chad. No one ever goes to Chad anymore. Yeah, anymore. And then the pancake <laughs> and uh and I love the wrapping of the beanbag and they put the bow and they'll never guess what it is. Oh my yeah, God. yeah, yeah, yeah. Shirley's trying so hard, bless her. <laughs> this will make you love Shirley Feeney. This episode will make anybody love Shirley Feeney. Uh, totally. Yep. All but right. yeah, like as I was saying, this gave me reminders of different parts of my life. And so working the de part department store reminded me definitely uh, with the rush, the uh, the 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 the, hear uh, the hearing the rain, hearing thunder was very much like working retail during the holiday season, Black Friday. Uh. But then uh, Drunk Laverne, my God, doing behind the scenes for the drunk show where it's like, I love oh, that she geez. captures, she really captures that it's very childlike. Yes. And that's, and, and actually there was an actor on the drunk show who was a lot like that. And I say, you know, I won't say who, but you know, you can watch the behind the scenes on the Ganglebot yeah. YouTube channel and <laughs> make your own oh. decision of who I'm talking about. But they were very, <laughs> they were very cute and they were very sweet. Yeah, was, um, nice. and they're and they're very talented too. That's you know, it's it is not easy to uh, be a good drunk actor and a good actor at the yeah. same time. Yeah. yeah, that's always a hard balance to maintain. Mm -hmm. Always a hard balance to maintain. If you can't be drunk in public, you can't be drunk in public. That's 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 this is it's a skill you gotta gotta have uh, in you. Mm -hmm. Totally. Wire. Um. And also for first impressions, um, the boys. And yes. uh, so they're making some new production. They're trying to, you know, I I wish that they actually made the jump into being 
sleazy indie filmmakers that actually end up making like a good movie because they they feel like uh, yeah be, and the idea being like they, they're sort of like the hg lewis or um yes. the other kind of folks like uh, uh yeah. another person that um uh severin films is doing a box set of him is a uh, yeah. ray dennis steckler the uh yes ray dennis steckler you know. Wild guitar, wild guitar, wild guitar. Oh, oh, oh God. I love that you know what that, that is referencing. <laughs> um, uh, you have to love his movies with Arch Hall Jr. Arch Hall Jr. actually does really well in them. Mm -hmm. He really acquits himself really well in those movies that he, they did together. So, But uh, anyway, um, yeah. I, I also do think the boys thinking of the girls first I, I, for the National Talent yeah. Hunt was kind of that was yeah. kind of sweet. They yeah, yeah. They're they're in LA yeah. now. They could just go to the beach, you know, and down to Malibu or something, and and you know, pick up you know tons of gorgeous women. They're just like, oh, they wanted to go to. The, it's like, no, nah, we got to go to Laverne and Cheryl yeah, first. Pick yeah, yeah. a stumpy Audrey Hepburn and a dainty Raymond Burr. <laughs> I'm, surprised, I'm surprised Squiggy survived saying that. Yeah, I am too. <laughs> really surprised. Be sad. Be Chinese. Is this is ang angry. <laughs> anger is good. How about now? How about Chinese anger? Yeah, uh, it's, it's so goddamn random. I love that they're trying to cast this movie. Uh, they, well, we'll find out the title of the movie soon. We'll eventually find that out. Mm. It shall be revealed. And um, someday, sweet success will smile on us. Hello. <laughs> Yeah, it's a good. That's a, it's a kind of mid tier hello joke, but it's it's still it's good. It's a good. It's a good yes, one. Indeed. Um, yes, indeed, indeed. And that's the thing is that's why I feel like the the boys getting their chance to actually succeed would be hilarious because then all those ironic j jokes of you know sweet success and etc. that actually becomes foreshadowing. I think would be even funnier to me. You know, yeah. you think yeah. like oh it's some ironic joke and then and then you realize wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Also, uh, actually using money, and so rewind. You know, rip, 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 rewinding a little bit. Um, so, uh, Rhonda, Rhonda's. Uh, yes. I, I I hear Rhonda's little friends are out of work, so went through my drawers and your time of need. Um, yes. The phrasing of so many things in that with Rhonda is is uh, is is pretty amazing, and I love the half a bar of soap. Um, yes. And the prunes, which oh, the implications of that one. Oh, yeah, that they're old. Oh, Rhonda. Yep. Rhonda, Rhonda, Rhonda. Yeah, but... Uh, and why, then... wouldn't Frank, why wouldn't Frank hire the girls is the question. That's a good question. I The only thing I can think of is they are further away from Cowboy Bills than they seem to be. Yeah, that's possible. That's very possible. Yeah, because then, yeah, with the bus schedules or even them getting a car, like, it would just be, you know, challenging. But, uh, yeah. And uh, Sunny... Uh, getting the Being upside down. Yes, it's supposed to be a thing for our life. <laughs> I mean, it's I I thought that was very cute. Uh, that, that's actually my note. It is. I guess Sony Sunny's a great kisser. Oh, and there he is. Yeah, <laughs> hanging on upside down, just hanging up with family. Yeah, having ourselves a party. <laughs> uh, did uh, so you and I had different opinions on what uh, happened in the hallway to get that week extension, if I recall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We said filthy things, very filthy things. We're gonna to try to avoid them rating on this one. Yeah, but I, to I make out. And yeah, jerking I, things and pulling yeah, things. I, <laughs> I, all I said was she's gonna make out, and you were yeah. the one that actually came up with the much naughtier version. I, 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 to be fair, I resisted commenting on it when we were watching the episode, but uh, yep. 
because uh, usually, well, I mean, you know, this is the problem when you're you're doing a podcast with a girlfriend when you're reviewing the episodes. You, you know, it's 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 kind of daytime. Um, yeah. But uh, that being said, I think it's it is their relationship, con- their developing burgeoning relationship continues to be absolutely adorable. Exactly, it is. It is a cute relationship. It's one of the cutest relationships Wolverine's ever been in during the show. So. Yeah, I did not expect to like him as much as I do. I mean, I really, really like the guy. He's a good guy. He's not a bad guy at all. He's To me, he's a little bland, but he's not a bad guy at all. And that's the thing. Sometimes bland is a good thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes bland you need. Yeah, I mean, when your other options are, you know, a dorky, neurotic police officer, really bad greaser, biker, thief, or a uh, fireman who is Mr. Perfect but works a really dangerous, stressful job, then, yeah, yeah, sometimes bland stuntman's a good thing. Yes, indeed he do. Yes, indeed he do. Honestly, Sonny's not a bad guy. I will say Sonny's not a bad guy. He's good to her, and that's what matters. Exactly, yeah. Um, But yeah. Uh, Also, we get some more substitution music through this episode uh, on the DVDs. and um, Obviously. And so... um, I also want to cover, as we're also going through the characters in the episode, Mr. Hildebrand. You know, not, yes. not, he's not quite a gentleman Manderville man, but he's a decent chap. And shout out to anyone who understands what a Manderville man is. <laughs> um, but uh, he's a decent chap. And I really love the characterization that the writing, directing, and performance put together. Yes, he does a good job. He's a good guy. He's an interesting actor, too. Yeah. Yeah, he's a... a yeah, Norman Bartold, um, old school TV from back in the early 50s, even. And he he did so many different roles. Like, I mean, he's in Close Encounters of the Third Kind. He's in Westworld as a medieval knight. Uh, he was on Mod Squad, Gunsmoke, tons of sitcoms. He was super active. And it's kind of cool oh. to see all that lo- those levels of experience, you know, come into the uh, into this performance in a way, because you see like so that he's able to know, like, Make this one a little more natural. Make this one a little hammier. This is more of a mask. This is more an honest truth. Like, there's lots of detail. And I think that's why one of the reasons I kind of, I almost kind of love this episode. Like, even though it's not like a, like a big, big one, it has yeah. these little highlights like that, which really stand out. Like that, um, the, uh, she's such a kidder, kiss her upper. And then when Shirley oh, yeah. goes after, uh, Sean, um, you know, Hildebrand goes over to Laverne and and mutters like, "Huh, quite the kisser upper, eh?" You know, like he, like, sort of, he's in on the joke. You know, like he's there's okay. a truthfulness to him. I can see why you like it. I can see why you like it. Your feelings may shift in time. Mm, good point. <laughs> we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see with time. Only time, as Enya says, mm. will uh, prove the uh, pudding here. Time proving pudding. Um, mm, yes, pudding. Mm, pudding time. Uh, Mary the waitress followed them all the way to California. I noticed that uh, she is not She's so happy for the girls when they win. So they get the job. Yep. Yeah, that's I her. Lo- yeah, that's that's that was great. I love that detail. And uh, and you uh, I actually noticed on the second viewing, you could even see some of the extras are listening to the conversation yes. as well. So yeah. it's it, so like that's what I mean. Like these little little details like that kind of like make the episode stand out a little more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the way this set, they, the scenes are set in this episode. They do a really good job trying to make a, a larger world for the girls to exist in. Mm. I love Laverne's What Time Is Lunch. 
Yes. Oh, yeah. I also want to point out to that note, there's really good dialogue to this whole episode. Yeah, so- yeah, yeah. The dialogue is pretty solid. We'll get more of Joanne Pagliaro later in the show. Mm-hmm. And she does equally well there. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah, she was a, another sitcom writer from the period and a program consultant and writer on What's Happening. Yeah, she was uh, she had worked on like an episode of Lou Grant, the Jeffersons before this. So this was actually like kind of early in her career. But yeah. she uh, made multiple stops across multiple TV shows through the 80s, like Family Ties, Fame, Caddy and Lacey. Wow. So, I mean, it's you know, it's a lot of a lot of variety. So very again, very talented writer, smart, smart gal, smart, uh, smart person putting it then, you know, putting in the work. Yeah, she did a great job. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the tennis ball shooter bit. Yes. Um, yeah. John Tracy's not good at the physical stuff. <laughs> it was very awkwardly blocked. I will say that it's kind of too. Kind of, the room is kind of too small to do the kind of physical comedy he was looking for for that scene. So they didn't make it the back room big enough to give the girls space to work with. But they both try their hardest, and the chaos is very old school. Yeah, it's, it's also very earlier. Yeah. Show. The other thing I have a problem with the tennis ball uh, launcher is that the the framing of the shots and the set like it's i i i have a suspicion part of it is because they seem to have probably built the set in a um uh like a trapezoid form because it's like it's it's moving perspective lines like the walls are uh slanted towards the back and because of that they seem a bit apprehensive to put the camera further out like the wide shots that you often would get with uh, rafkin and uh, zwick and um yeah because like uh, compare this to the driving test where Rafkin gets you know a fantastic wonder of yeah. watching all the pieces kind of c- collide where it, and it's multiple layers of yeah. of comedy and here yeah. it's very awkward it's, so it's I think you're right in, in that the blocking's kind of weird and simple and yeah. then the um the Cross camera play yeah and then the camera placement just really screws it up I think yeah. for me yeah 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 it's not perfect it's not perfect I like parts of it I will say that like I like. I like Shirley trying her darndest to keep the chaos from spreading. Right. And I love uh, Laverne catching the ball and getting all happy about it. And Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then Shirley begging Mr. Hildebrand for the for a job later. I love yeah. my laser. I love all these rainbows and ribbons and bows. She doesn't say rainbows. Ribbons and bows. Right. Oh, it's so cute. And and yeah, like that's the thing is those, the drunk yeah. physical gags, because those are much more dependent on Penny's sense of timing and the yeah. sense of timing, those parts work really well in this episode. And like even like the oh, and the 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 tongue twister bit where they do it in a shot reverse shot, then they do one the second one, the woodchuck one in a, in one take, which is fantastic that they're able to show yeah. one then two because it's it's you know those are complicated tongue twisters, and for both of them to yeah. do it back to back is fantastic, and to do it comedically, that's impressive. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. The girl, the girls are so good in this. They are working their butts off to make this episode work. Mm-hmm. Gotta give them credit for it. Gotta give them credit for it. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, Laverne ends up rescuing saving her job. Shirley ends up saving the job for her in a way. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's a, it is. I, I, I think one of the things I was appreciating about Hildebrand is he's humble enough to understand he made a mistake. He didn't know that the yeah. chocolate had alcohol. Yeah. And yeah, very a large he amount. Try, yeah, just tries yeah. one and is like, yeah, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he could have poisoned a whole bunch of kids with that by mistake. Exactly. So, so, so this delay, their you know tomfoolery actually yeah. helped save his comp- save the shop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She, she saved their skins, and as Shirley correctly points out, so good for them both. 
Mm-hmm. Deus Ex Drunken Machine. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, goodness. That takes us to the tag, I think. Uh, yes, which is, uh, yeah, the drunk as a skunk and still put in a whole eight-hour workday. Yeah, go Laverne. And, of course, the boys using their doggy door. I think this is the last time the doggy door gets uh, used in the episode. Yeah. In an, in an episode. Lenny had left his keys in his other shoes and a bunch of actresses that are going to get slapped to be slapping them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I like your comment was, uh, do, you, do we really think the boys are going to see five sets of boobs? <laughs> we don't, because they're going to punch them before that even happens. Yeah. How many of those girls beat up the boys is my question in my notes. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's a great one. Oh, uh, that's good. Like, I don't think they take it too far because they don't need to take it. They wouldn't. Well, we got an episode soon enough where they do take it too far. Ugh. Oh, yeah. No, ugh, yeah. Yeah, we'll get but, there soon. But it's. And, it, yeah. yeah. Well, and not to mention these gals have probably been in L.A. long enough to know that, you know, eh, yeah, slap, slap first, questions later. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Knife first, questions later, but not the boys. Don't kill the boys. Don't kill the boys. <laughs> The boys deserve well in one episode, in several episodes they deserve to be pinched very hard at the very least. Yeah, and and nut kicks are you know a good a good uh, go to. Right in the balls, <laughs> right up the balls. Uh. I, I love the I love I love the boys. I love them a lot. I I agree with them. I tend to agree with them, and sometimes they push it. Yeah, they just go too far. They don't push it real good. We talking about the push it that's like, hey, hey, you stop mm-hmm. that. Ooh, baby, baby, don't push it like that. <laughs> okay, Laverne being early confused that Lenny keeps his keys in his shoes, that almost makes sense, in a way. Mm-hmm. Because if he doesn't have any pockets on him, he doesn't have any um, you know, way to keep his keys on him, uh, your shoes are safe, you're not likely to be robbed of your house key, it's actually practical. I suppose that so. Makes sense, but I, I guess I'm just I'm just trying to think of why would he not have pockets? What is he borrowing Laverne's slacks now? I can imagine that being a ha- oh, they've actually fit in each other's clothing, as we know. I uh, that that <laughs> was that was that was me. Okay, that was me trying to make a subtle joke. <laughs> the cell can't establish it. It can't be a joke of can. Well, it's not just that. It's also that women don't have pockets. It's a it's a joke True. about the about the the bullshit the pink tags. Designers are designed for women. Be eliminating all the pockets. Ho ho ho. God. Yep. Give us pockets. Please, please Don't give them pockets. Buy Forty persons. Yeah, please, please, please give them pockets. Uh, I, I just. But. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I was just, I, no, 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 no. Yeah. I was just, I was just gonna keep talking about the pockets because I'm tired of <laughs> having to carry carry stuff for my mom when we go on a walk. Oh goodness. She should um look for. There are several brands of jeans out there that do have pockets and are sized for um, female identifying bodies. Right. For 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 the uh, yes. yes yes tell her to look for those she will probably fit into them and be able to shove her keys and all of her stuff into her pockets yeah yeah make her life easier maybe she could take a tote bag oh she does she she does sometimes take the purse but sometimes it gets heavy and then her shoulders hurt and yeah. it's no but a tote bag might work maybe may be an even better solution because it's good. Uh, yeah. lighter weight you know that's a totally good idea. Oh. I I yeah, there we go. Okay. So did you pick all right. that up on my microphone? I, I did sure I did. I did get I did pick that up on the microphone. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I don't have actual drums with me, so that's as close as they get. <laughs> uh, uh anyway, um Yeah. 
But uh, but yeah, you know, I I overall like the enjoy this episode. It's got some very friendly people, and um, and it's a very uh, it was it was I guess what it is is it's very cute, and yeah, it's it's a uh, very um, it's enjoy it was sweet. yeah sweet and kind of back to it felt back to normal. Yeah, you like this one way more than me, but I like it just fine. I want to say, I wanted to add, though, before we get into the rankings portion, there's a perfectly good reason for Lenny to have his keys in his shoes, because I can see that as a, yeah, I can see that being a habit he picked up as a latchkey kit. Oh, God. When you're in a poor, dangerous neighborhood, just put it underneath your foot, you can't get um, robbed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that, right. Totally. Because then, uh, yeah, because you have people probably, um, uh, empty your pockets basically for change yeah 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 that, that was what crossed my mind whenever this comes up but yes cool yeah. all right so you feel ready to uh put a put a stamp of approval or disapproval or eh on? oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah you want me to go first go forest this is a solid six for me uh it's good it's okay it's funny got some funny moments but it's not like Bam, wow, boom to me. It's not a huge, uh, yeah, you, you need to see this because the girl's job gets established. Carmine's new job gets established. He gets lots of Carmine coming in his uniform, singing telegrams for a while. I keep imagining he's going to be in his uniform that it's going to be like a Chippendale dancer outfit. They don't, take his, they don't get him to take his shirt off until season seven. Then we get lots of shirtless A back up. <laughs> it does happen eventually. Well, yeah, but, but hold it, on. But isn't uh, Malibu Mansion in this in this season though? Yes, 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 yes. That also. Well, he was also shirtless in season five too. So okay. he does take it off sometimes. Gotcha. But but, but in season seven, it becomes the norm. Yeah, yeah. As we get more desperate and start running out of characters, it's like <laughs> here's Carmine. He's in a beaded vest. He's wearing fringe. Look at his pecs. Look at that! Look at that! Look, look at them pecs. He he can't wiggle them, but he can. But he can. Sure, they can be present in the moment. Enjoy them washboard abs. The flashes in season eight are very few, and one of them is shirtless Eddie Mecca. So. <laughs> uh, anyway, okay. So ranking, um, I would give this a six and a half with a seven on a day that I really connect with it. Yeah, yeah. You like this one more than me. That's fine. That's good. Yeah. It's interesting. It's interesting when that happens. Yeah, it, but I yeah, like I, I I do feel that it's yeah the but agreeing with with your with your point though that even though it's very good and kind of reestablishes things, there are certain parts around the kind of the edges of the episode that could have been given a little extra that would have put things kind of put things together a little better, you know, mm-hmm. um, like I mean the idea of like even as an example of Carmine's desperation, he's trying to audition for the st- for stab and that he keeps uh like you know because c- the idea being that you know because in the problem with going to la is that you know there's hundreds like you if you're you're an artist you know if yeah. you're a musician or you know in show business there's thousands of people like you most of whom are more talented and more experienced than you so it's a case of you're yeah. just struggling to get work and so Having yeah. that be part of Carmine's thing rather than like, and then the singing telegram be the accident that happens in the middle of it. Yeah. Would have been better if it was kind of more firmly established and this is becomes a payoff rather than just a, haha, the girl's lost out on the job, but he got yeah. it instead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're going to address Carmine's career more, I promise. Just mm. hold on, we will get there. This will be a thing. 
My God, did I not complain about Carmine for this whole episode? Hey, congratulations. You're, he's Ooh. growing on you. Okay. Well, it's just, he feels like he's so, like, getting sidelined in the California years so far that, like, now I have reason yeah. to, like, feel sympathy yeah. for the poor guy. He's going to become more and more sympathetic, though he does have some real Lulu moments in uh, season eight where you'll want to slap him. So, <laughs> oh. we'll get there. Well, then that will also be a return to the normal. Ah, yes. All things in balance, Padawan. All things in balance. <laughs> oh, my God. I am your Laverne and Shirley Padawan, aren't I? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That's how it goes. Oh, boy. Uh, so, uh, anywho, I think, yeah, so six for you, six and a half plus for me. Um, yeah, I think that yeah. covers, kind of covers everything. Uh, the one thing I did want to point out for today. I went for a flat six with this one. I went for a flat six. Flat six. Okay. Yeah. Flat six for you. Six and a half for me. Um, and okay. I have the one piece of director trivia for today is that he directed an episode of Remington steel in 1985 called now you steal it. Now you don't, which has the further bit of silly, uh, silly trivia that it has Al Barry as a dock worker. The only reason I, the reason I mentioned this because some digging says that Al Barry was the German scientist whose eyeballs exploded in the opening of reanimator. You're welcome. All things, uh, like I said, all things combined in the end. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, I think that wraps it up for today. Yes, it does. I think it does. Cool. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Thanks for joining us again once more, everybody, for Night After Night. And if you would like to know more, please join us on Twitter at Night After Night PC or Night After Night Pod on Facebook, Tumblr, WordPress, Patreon, YouTube, and wherever great podcasts are listened to. And uh, we would like to also once more give a shout out to our wonderful patrons on Patreon. If you uh, give us uh, give us some doulers, you can get these episodes a little early and um, we'll be uh, doing some other cool stuff. Please join us on Twitter. We are still doing our trying to do our regular watch along sort of stuff. By the time this episode goes out, we'll probably be in the middle of many more, I think, actually, based on timing. Yeah. So anywho, uh, yes. And we hope that you all have yourself a wonderful day. But, uh, you know, it, Lisa, honey, we've been working really hard. You work really hard. I work really hard. We should we should play a game this weekend. So w- w- what's what's coming up next on the pod? Lenny and Squiggy end up on the dating game and hey. things devolve from there <laughs> or evolve, evolve. Or maybe they, maybe maybe they maybe they provolve, you know, like it's a proactive evolving, <laughs> evolving, yeah. or or it's a or it's a solving, you know, maybe that's what it is. Actually, this is this is solving. It's solving the issue of the dating experience, man. It's going to be very solvent, you know, really yeah. glue it together, you know. It will volver. It will volver. <laughs> All right. in there. <laughs> We'll see you next time, folks. It's called The Dating Game. Y'all got to have some fun. Now, don't forget, sniff the chocolate before you bite into it. Bye, y'all. Mm-hmm.